Welcome to episode 26 of the Babes Talking Business podcast. Today we have Rachel Cable, who is a mindfulness and meditation teacher. She's a published author and the host of the Mindful Kind podcast. With a background in psychology, coaching, and counseling, Rachel also has personal experience with stress and anxiety, and she's super passionate about empowering people all around the world with stress management techniques. Her podcast, The Mindful Kind, has been downloaded over 3.5 million times and we have the pleasure of having her on our podcast today where she shares some really beautiful insights. You can listen to this interview and get to know Rachel's personal business story on how she's built her incredible empire to where it is today. She also shares some really personal insights into her daily and weekly routine and how she runs her business, which was super inspiring. She also talks about how she deals with challenges that come with owning a business and she talks about her mindfulness tips for people who are running their business or side hustle or passion project to have a beautiful balance in their mental well-being and business. Make sure you find us on Instagram for a daily dose of business inspo over at Babes Talking Business, where we do a shout out of the week every week. Leave us a review on the iTunes app and let us know what you think about this episode. Don't forget to leave your Instagram handle so we can tag you and shout you out to the rest of our tribe. You can also check our website at www.babestalkingbusiness.com where we have loads more information including upcoming events that we have happening this year. We just want to take this moment to say a massive big thank you to the Healthstyle and Pouring, our beautiful sponsors, 16 weeks of online holistic healing to nourish your body and your mind and your soul. Go and check it out. The website is www.thehsc.net. So without further ado, we are so excited to be introducing to you the wonderful Rachel Cable. Big welcome, Rach. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and chatting with you today. <laughs> For those who don't know Rach, um, I actually stumbled across Rach on Instagram. Actually, no. My mum stumbled across Rach um, in the newspaper when her book just got published. And I was like, who is this beautiful woman? So she's just got her first book published. A massive congratulations. It's called The Mindful Kind. And obviously, it's, we're going to talk about it a little bit in a second, but it's all about mindfulness. Um, but that's how I stumbled across Rach. And I started digging a little bit deeper and I looked on her website and I saw all the beautiful resources and I started following her on Instagram. So maybe for those who don't know you, Rach, and haven't stumbled across you before and don't know your story, how did you get into mindfulness and where did this all start for you? (laughs) Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. I am really excited to talk with you today about mindfulness and business and all things like that. But my journey actually started from a place of anxiety and stress and I started experiencing those things when I was quite young and really just wanted to understand myself better. And so I started to learn more about psychology and understanding the mind. And I just found it so interesting and so empowering that 
I just continued down that path really and I went to university where I studied psychology. I ended up volunteering on a helpline at the Anxiety Recovery Centre, which is where I learned about mindfulness. And I started implementing it myself and just found it was so transformational for me because I was never really present that much in the moment. I was always thinking well, what do I have to do next? And what have I got on next week? And what have I got on for the rest of the day? And just trying to plan and predict everything that was going to unfold. And that was creating a lot of stress in itself. But I thought that it was helping me to stay on top of everything. So it was kind of a bit like a protective way of thinking. And I did a lot of rumination as well. Like, oh, I regret that I did that. And I shouldn't have said that. And just kind of getting really caught up in those sorts of thoughts. So when I learned about mindfulness, it was just really, really strange. Like I did not think that way naturally most of the time. So something as simple as just tuning into my breath, I was like, wow, I can just experience my breath. I don't have to be thinking about everything and feeling stressed. And for me, that just changed a lot of different things in my life. So I started sleeping better and my relationships felt more connected. And I wasn't so caught up in my own head all the time that I could actually work on things like self-esteem and confidence and assertiveness. And so I think it was just so powerful for me that I wanted to share it with other people and that was really how it all started. I began writing my blog and pretty much straight away started my podcast and then that took off and so more people were asking me about mindfulness and it just all snowballed really uh, into writing the book and doing all the things that I'm doing now which are quite varied and creative which I love. But yeah, it was just kind of a very natural flow of events I think. And for the people who are maybe listening in and they maybe mindfulness, they've heard the word before, but they're not quite sure what it means. What is mindfulness? So mindfulness is a type of meditation, but it's the kind of um, attitude where you are present in the moment and you're non-judgmental about what that experience actually is. So for example, you know, I'm sitting in a room right now. Uh, I can look out the window and there's autumn leaves out there. The sky is blue. The leaves are yellow. It's just noticing and being able to observe what actually is happening. Whereas if I was sitting here like, oh, it's rainy, it's too cold, I don't want to go outside and starting to get caught up in those more judgmental style thoughts, then that isn't so much mindfulness. So that element of non-judgment is really important and that's something that I think a lot of people tend to overlook. So when I do often hear mindfulness described, people say it's, you know, experiencing the present moment and being in the now, but it is a little bit more than that. It is also having that um, that uh, curiosity about the moment and open-mindedness about the moment rather than judging the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. And I know you mentioned when you stumbled across it, it was something that you were personally using in your life that you really started to notice a difference in like your relationships and your health and your just ex- overall experiences and you were called to share that with others. So tell me a little bit about your business journey. So when you decided to start a blog and to start the podcast, which is how long ago has that been now? So it's been three and a half years since I started my website and the podcast, I think I started maybe a month after I launched everything. So I started with just a basic website. So the about page, contact page, blog page, 
started the podcast and then just really loved that. And lots of people started to find it and started to find me. So I started creating more resources like my free members library and meditation albums and, um, ebooks and different things like that. So I was always just looking for new things to create so that I could share the things that I was learning about during my own personal journey, but also from my background in psychology and looking for new ways that I could share that with people. And then I think social media opens up so many opportunities to do that as well. So yeah, making sure that I'm trying to show up on those platforms and share things that are helpful and engage with people and meet new people. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's just amazing how many opportunities we have to connect now with people all over the world. It's just, yeah, really amazing. And when you started your blog and your podcast, did you kind of envision it, like, did you have a vision for it to take off and be a business or was it always just going to be like a little side passion project or did you really see it being what it is today? No, I always pictured something very different. I always knew that I wanted to use those platforms as some kind of a career or a business, but I really pictured myself doing one-on-one coaching. So at first I thought I would be in an office, kind of a bit like what, um, you know, a psychologist would be like, have an office, have one-on-one clients come in and see you and you do a session and they leave. And I guess it's more a traditional way of doing things. And then when I started to learn about blogging, I just discovered this completely new world. I had no idea about all the things that we could do. Um, And so I signed up for a blogging course and through that I met people who were doing amazing things and things that I would really love to do. So I think it was just watching other people and learning from them and finding out what worked for me. And I've done so many different things (laughs) since the start, I think just because they wanted to experiment and find out what I liked. So I did workshops in person and wrote all these eBooks and created my website so that people could come over and just explore it and wanted to create like a real mindfulness kind of hub where people could go and learn about it. And yeah, I don't know. I think that even now I'm still figuring things out and I don't really know hundred percent what I want to keep doing. There's elements of different things that I like, but yeah, just learning every day. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. And when you, how did it slowly build up? Like when I think you were did you start your podcast when you were still at uni or did you wait until after uni and you were in the workforce? So how did, what did that natural progression kind of look like for you? So I finished uni and then I, actually, it's kind of a funny story. I finished uni and I was like, okay, cool. I need to do a website. That's the first thing that I need to do so that clients or potential clients can find me. And I started Googling how to build a website and I found these website developers in Melbourne and I went along to a meeting and they quoted me $30,000 or something like that to build a website. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go and get a job so I can, like a full-time job so I can save up enough money to invest in this website and get a website made. And it was actually while I was working at my job um, that I discovered blogging and this blogging course. And so that was how I started to realize that actually I could build a website myself Um, and yeah, that I could do things kind of a bit more DIY. I didn't need to hire a website developer and spend all this money. And yeah, so it's kind of funny how that happened actually. (laughs) 
And you know what? I really love that you spoke then about like getting a job to actually invest into your business. I know a lot of people who are listening in, they come from lots of different backgrounds. A lot of them are health professionals or health coaches or life coaches. And some of them, I don't know, a lot of girls that I know I coach one-on-one in business, they have this thing like they just expect their business is going to take off. They're not going to have to invest any money into it. And they get frustrated when 12 months goes and they, they're not making this income they wanted to create, not realizing that sometimes it does take a little bit of time and sometimes it does take a little bit of investment as well. So what are some things that um, you've kind of had to invest in along the way to build your business? There are quite a few things that are ongoing costs in my business. So, for example, my website, I think it's about $250 a year to run that. Um, We use a lot of Adobe, um, like Illustrator and Lightroom and things like that. So that's like $800 a year. And then there's all the monthly expenses that go towards hosting my podcast and just little things like having the little link tree thing. So it's like $6, but you, when you've got one of those things and then two of those things and then three of those things, they start to kind of add up um, and having an email list as well. So I use ConvertKit. I did start off with MailChimp, which was free, but once I reached that threshold of having to pay for it, I did a lot of research into which one was going to be better and I thought ConvertKit looked really good. So that's what I use now and I think that's about $110 a month. So I think the more that your business grows as well, the more that you have to start investing back into it. Mm. Um, But there have been lots of different things which have popped up along the way, which I think is why it was important for me to be working as well. So even when I went full-time into my business and I had the exact same thing happen where I was like, oh, it's going to take off. You know, it's so easy for these other people to have an online course and thousands of people. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I can do this. And then... It didn't happen like that. It was really slow because I had no community. I had no idea how to use social media. I didn't have any products. I had no idea what I was doing and I didn't really have that much support. Um, So I started to just build up those things slowly. And then about a year later, I went back to my old job part-time so that I could invest more into growing things and stop worrying so much about bills and being stressed and doing things in my business that I didn't really want to do just because I needed to earn a certain amount of money. And actually that gave me so much more freedom because all of a sudden I wasn't worrying about what I was earning from my business and I could really just follow where my passions were lying and what I actually enjoyed doing and I didn't have to worry about paying the bills. So it was actually a really, really good move to do that. Yeah. And then once I got towards the end of writing my book and the deadline was coming up, I was like, I can't balance everything. It's just too much. And so I went back um, full-time into my business at that stage. And then I think I did that. I've been doing that for about a year. And then just recently we moved back to my hometown and I've started working part-time, like just casually every now and again, back at the pharmacy, which is really just something that gets me out of the house and helps me connect with people in my hometown. And I don't know, it's just something different to do, which I think is important as well, because sometimes working from home, I find you just get a little bit isolated and things get a bit stagnant and you feel like you need a bit more of a social life. And so being able to have these different types of work has actually, again, um, been helpful and been productive on my business because I feel a bit more inspired. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel you. It's funny. I'm like, that's exactly, I think, how I've I've learned the, from working from home what I need is I actually need to do a big trip like every three months to get out and connect and travel. And I come back feeling so inspired and ignited to work back on my goals again. But 
some people forget like when you're a one-man band and you're doing it all from home it can get lonely and you, you miss that like getting outside and connecting with colleagues or connecting with different people so I feel you <laughs> yeah definitely it's so funny because even though I'm an introvert and I love being by myself I found that when I went full-time into my business I missed everyone at work and we used to work in an open plan office and I didn't really like it because I felt like my energy was always really drained by the end of the day and there were people constantly interrupting me and I actually started work two hours early so that I'd have two hours just to myself to be in the office before everyone came in But then when I started working full-time on my own, it just really hit me how much I enjoyed that interaction each day, even if it was just going down for a coffee or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I missed it. (laughs) And I know before we are talking about when you did get started, um, kind of learning it all and teaching yourself some things. So did you have much support starting up or did you invest in getting support or any mentorship or have you kind of learned to do it all by yourself as you've gone along? The first year I really did pretty much everything myself. It was just Googling stuff and learning from other people that were doing things that were similar to what I wanted to do. Um, But I'm really lucky in that my partner is really, really supportive and always has been of, um, of my business, but he's also studied design and animation and photography and things like that. So he's come on board and done so much in terms of taking photos and redesigning my website because I'll be honest my first go at it wasn't great and then I rebranded and it still wasn't what I wanted and then we really collaborated on the last rebrand which is that pink and blue which I've stuck with for the last couple of years um so yeah I'm really lucky that I've got him to bounce ideas off and he proofreads my work and now he edits my podcast as well so he's taken on a lot of different roles within my business which is amazing and eventually I think the next step that I would like to take is hiring someone for doing admin kind of stuff just because my emails get a bit out of control sometimes um and that's not something that I really feel you know lights me up or anything like that so um yeah that's kind of the next step forward that I would like to take but yeah being able to work as a team with my partner has been awesome it's I think something that you need to get used to when you need to be able to compromise and problem solve a lot and you need to really get along Um, but yeah it's worked for us what do you think that's been three years now since you've um born the mindful kind in that brand in itself you've got obviously the book now the podcast the blog what do you think's been your biggest lesson on your entrepreneurial journey I think the biggest lesson for me is really just letting go of being a perfectionist because I think I've just always really wanted to do everything perfectly and I don't really like getting criticism or negative feedback and so I felt really limited by not wanting to make a single mistake or not wanting to get a single negative comment ever or get any kind of negative feedback and I think you know, it's, it's kind of scary because when I started my podcast, I didn't think it was going to do all that well. Like I thought it would be a great way to connect with people, but I didn't imagine it taking off the way that it did. And it kind of scares me because I think that if I'd known what would have happened, I probably wouldn't have done it because the idea that thousands of people have listened to my first episode where, you know, I, um, 
and I spent like six hours trying to record it, ended up in tears, thought that I couldn't do it, didn't really want to do it. And then finally was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to record it, get it done, get it over and done with, put it out there. Um, you know, I don't think I could have done that if I'd known what was going to happen. So I think I've, I've come a long way since then and I've realised a bit more that it's better for me to do something and to get it out there and to do it as best as I can without having to perfect it and to use criticism or negative feedback or anything to my advantage and to actually use it to connect with people more and to create more things that they actually want as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably the biggest thing is just not trying so hard to be perfect. Yeah. I know you mentioned there slightly as well, talking about like negative feedback and criticism. And have you had much of that since starting your journey? Because I know a lot of girls that I work with specifically, like one thing that stops them from starting their own business or even continuing with it is when they get their first bit of negative feedback or somebody who might be not as positive or supportive, it knocks them off. Then they put other people's opinions, they hold it of more importance than their own dreams and their goals and their visions. So did you have support starting out? Have you had much negative feedback or any haters or neg ferrets that we like to call them online (laughs) I haven't really had that much happen to be honest everyone that has given me feedback you know that you could take as a negative have have gone about it in a really nice and thoughtful way so I think I've been quite lucky in that regard but at the same time I don't want to think that that's the way it's always going to be because I think the the bigger that you get it's just going to happen And I remember the first, I think probably about a year after I started my business, I was on Twitter and I don't know who it was, but someone had sent me a tweet saying I should go and kill myself. And that was the first kind of thing that, you know, you read it and your stomach just drops and you think, oh my God, like there are people out there that don't like me. And that was really scary. Um, And I think that it's, it's more just about being able to talk about it. So for me, I always talk to someone when I'm feeling a bit like, oh, this person's really um, said something that maybe I don't agree with or that I don't like. Being able to get that out in the open rather than bottling it up and feeling like I need to deal with it all myself and just get over it because, you know what, I'm an introverted kind of sensitive person and those, those words and those things do hurt. So I think having a level of respect for that has been really important. But then at the same time, I I don't know, I read all these quotes. I can't remember any specifically, but I remember reading things where people say, um, you know, you've got all this time in the day, like however many times, um, however many seconds, sorry, would you let one second influence the rest of your day? And it's kind of like this with people, you know, you've got so many people in the world that like you and appreciate you and love you and care for you. Why would you let one or two people you know, make you step back into your shell or, or stop doing the things that you're doing. And I think for me, that's been really important to just keep in mind that, you know, for any, you know, one star that I get on my podcast or something like that, you know, there are that many people that really learn from it and that it helps them and it supports them. And that's the reason why I do what I do. Um, And I also recently read this book called Troll Hunting by Ginger Gorman and she really wrote about all the different types of trolls that are out there and it just opened my eyes up so much to the kinds of people that that do those sorts of things. Um, 
and that it's not a personal thing. Like it's not something that I need to change or that is wrong with me. It's, it's, you know, just the way that things are and there's nothing I can do about that and change that. So I think just being able to accept it and move forward um, and just take care of myself as well along the way. Yeah. I think, would you agree from even like learning in your psych degree? Usually it's, it's hurt people that hurt people. Like it's the people that say the nasty things that actually they're going through their own stuff. So it's just a reflection of them. It's not a reflection of you or how you want to show up in the world or the big heart that you have. Um, so learning not to take yeah. that on board has definitely been something I think I've learned in my business journey as well. Yeah, definitely. There was this quote that I read by Buddha, which was um, something about uh, anger is like a hot stone. And if you hold on to it, the only person that you hurt is yourself. And I feel kind of a bit like that with um, the shame that you can feel when someone says something to you that you don't agree with or attacks your person or whatever if you hold on to that it's gonna hurt you they don't care like they've moved on with their lives yeah (laughs) it's 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 only gonna hurt you so I think being able to know how to look after that and to move forward from that is yeah really important yeah for sure and so would you describe I know some people look especially when there's businesses online like ours and they just see the podcast and they might just see some pretty pictures on Instagram and they think that it's all rainbows and sunshine and it's been easy. Would you describe your business as being easy? No, no, definitely not. I think there are so many ups and downs along the journey. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're the most successful online entrepreneur in the world. You've had challenging experiences and you've had ups and downs. You know, even the people that are right up there, like Tony Robbins and Marie Folio, and they're making millions and millions of dollars. It can't have been easy. I don't think it would be easy even now. Um, so I, I try to keep that in perspective when I'm looking at other people online. Um, I actually try to do my own thing a lot now. I don't so much compare myself or follow along with other people just because I feel like sometimes it distracts me from my own journey. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's not easy for anybody. I think everyone has their own challenges, whether it's internal stuff, like, you know, self-limiting beliefs or negative thought patterns, or maybe they've had an experience with depression or anxiety or whatever else it might be, or whether it's external stuff, like their business isn't taking off the way that they wanted it to, or they've had to go back to a job that they don't really like, or, Mm. you know, they're stressed out because they've got a lot of different things that they're balancing, like family and friendships and work and business and everything that can be part of this kind of entrepreneurial journey. I think it's such a balancing act for such a long period of time that you maybe don't get to relax all that much and I think that um yeah I don't know I think it just takes so much persistence to build something like this and that was what I didn't expect um but at the same time I wouldn't change it because I am so proud of everything that has happened and I'm excited about what is to come even though it's not perfect and even though I'm still challenged by things and not everything is the way that I expected it would be but yeah I would still do it all over again and what do you think is like we said we're all kind of I like to say another level another devil like every time you get through a challenge you're going to be faced with another one that's preparing you for that next level of success or impact or whatever that may be for you so what's something that you're what's a challenge that you're currently working through at the moment for me it's just time management really um I think that 
Yeah, sometimes it's just really hard to make the time for everything and to prioritise the things when everything feels important and everything feels like it needs to be a priority. Like I don't like even leaving my emails for more than two days, but sometimes I just don't have the time to be able to answer all of those things, especially because my partner and I are renovating at the moment. So we've just gone through a big move and starting work, both him and I. Um, I think it's been really difficult to kind of balance everything out and especially it's hard because I'm so passionate and excited about my business all the time that that's just something I always want to be prioritizing and so other things kind of slip like chores you know just general life upkeep um, and my social life Um, so I think I just need to keep being mindful of that uh, and keep practicing and trying new things and and using different things that help me be productive during my business time. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on at the moment. I love that. And with business at the moment, then do you have kind of what does an average day in your business look like? Like, do you have a structure or do you kind of how does that work for you? So before we moved, I had a really good structure. Like literally every day I had a little spreadsheet of, you know, from nine till 10, I do this from 10 till 12, I do that. And it was really, really helpful. And I really enjoyed that. But since we moved, because my life has been so much more unpredictable, I haven't really been able to stick to that kind of schedule. And that's been quite frustrating. So I think I kind of just need to rework that whole thing and find a new structure that's going to work a bit better for me. So at the moment, I'm pretty much just relying on to-do lists and I've been using this new app called Minimal List, which basically you can just put all different to-do lists in there and then um, like you can start working on a task and it'll time it out for you. So if I wanted to write an article for two hours, then I would give myself that two-hour timer time it goes off after two hours and that's really helpful because I do often lose track of time yeah yeah and so with what is your day like what kind of activities are you doing throughout the day because it's I know a lot of your products are products like they're actually like it's content creation it's like beautiful little ebooks or it's like meditations or it's a podcast episode so is most of your day spread out spread out in content creation or what are some other things that come come into play for your business Yeah, so the main things that I focus on doing every week, um, I mean, I like to start off my day not doing business stuff. I like to go for a walk with my dogs and have my breakfast and have a coffee and just kind of settle in a little bit, do a meditation or something um, outside. So that's the way that I like to start my day. And then usually I'll check my emails and answer anything that's really urgent. I'll put a little star next to the ones that I want to come back to. Um, I do write, I try to write an article once per week. Um, I do my podcast once a week. So I also pretty much write that down. Like I use a script when I record it just because otherwise it takes so, so long to do. And then I can make sure that I'm hitting all the points that I want to hit and I can research things properly. Um, which I just really like being able to do. And then, so I do that once a week. I do my newsletter once a fortnight. I try to post on social media consistently. So I had started, again, before we moved, I had started um, using like a a digital whiteboard where I would plan out my week of um, social media content. So usually three to four posts on Facebook, three to four posts on Instagram, um, two or three posts on my other Instagram and then two things on Pinterest. So I had that all planned out, but again, I haven't been doing that so much since we moved, but it would be something that I'd like to get back into. 
Um, so, and then just all the little things that pop up in between like interviews or doing an Instagram live or something like that. Um, there's always those little things that pop up as well that you need to schedule in. So yeah, I've got the things that are the core part of my business. And then outside of that, I do also work on, um, you know, guest posts for other websites or content creation. I'm working on a mindfulness course at the moment. So I've been trying to focus a lot on that. But I also have a meditation album that's ready to record. We just need to set up the space and actually do it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very varied a lot. But then there are those core things that I need to be doing each week. Such an exciting time for you too with lots of different projects happening. And yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what is next for you? Like, what's the next business goal or a personal goal? What are you working towards at the moment? I do really want to build up the products on my website. I've got two meditation albums at the moment and two eBooks. So I'd like to do another two meditation albums before the end of the year. And I'd like to launch my course about mindfulness. So those are kind of the main things, but I've also had a second idea for another book kind of like swirling around in my brain and I'm like, Oh, is it too early or is it still a good time? And I should jump back into it. But I did find that writing a book was so consuming. I kind of had to take a step back from other types of content creation. So I think it's kind of figuring out whether or not I want to focus on doing a second book or content creation for my own products. And I think at the moment I'm leaning more towards my own products. So, yeah, yeah, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) And I'll make sure to pop all your details in the podcast notes too so everyone can go find you on your Instagram and your website. I've dialed into some of your meditations. I'm halfway through your book and I'm loving it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm really loving it. And um, just because I know your time is obviously so valuable, I'd love before we end, what are some tips? Because obviously a lot of people who are – tuning in like I said are entrepreneurs themselves or they're working full-time for themselves or this passion project what are some tips you have for applying mindfulness in business and in work so I know a lot of the girls are like juggling full-time work and then they're trying to do this on the side or whatever their business is on the side and their heads are just all over the place what advice could you give to them especially in regards to mindfulness there are a couple of different tips which I would really recommend and it's amazing because there have been so many studies which have shown that mindfulness helps with attention and it helps with memory processing and it can help with productivity because you can pay attention a bit better so it kind of has these knock-on effects as well as having a, a good impact on your mental well-being so the first thing that I would really recommend is incorporating mindfulness into activities that you already do during the day just normal activities like washing the dishes or brushing your hair or taking a shower or making the bed or getting dressed or having a conversation with someone, really being present in those times rather than thinking about the next thing or getting lost in thoughts about things you should be doing. Um, Paying attention to your senses can be a really great thing to help you do that. So, for example, making the bed, you might feel the texture of the material underneath your fingers or you might feel the warmth of where your body was lying or you might notice that, um, you know, you might look out the bedroom window and see what the weather's like or the season's like and just paying attention to that experience. But then the other thing that I would recommend as well which is something that I do quite a lot, as soon as I notice myself starting to get overwhelmed by stress or by, you know, some kind of thought of something I should be doing or my to-do list, I try to do a breathing technique. So 
usually mindful breathing technique is something that can be really helpful for me. It's just literally paying attention to the feeling of the breath moving in and out of your body. Um, it can help to place one hand on your stomach and maybe one hand on your chest, and that can really help you tune into that movement and that sensation. Um, so I do that quite a lot during the day just because it gives me that little bit of a break. Um, I don't know, it helps me feel a bit more refreshed and a bit more calm and a bit more clearer so I can go back into my work or back into figuring things out with a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more calmness, I guess. Mm. Um, and then the other thing too that I'd recommend is taking mindful breaks during the day. So, for example, I used to do a lot of writing where I would write and then check my phone and scroll on Instagram or something and it just didn't really feel like it was helping me in terms of my inspiration or creativity or productivity or anything. So now I really try to make sure that I take more of those mindful breaks. So I'll set my timer for an hour and write my article or whatever. And then I'll take a 10 minute break where either I just lie on the couch and feel my breath moving in and out, or I'll go out and outside and play with my dogs and, you know, have that moment of connection with them. Um, have a cup of tea where I can really sit down and just focus on the flavor and the feeling of the warm cup in my hands and the aroma of it. Um, so yeah, just finding little ways to incorporate mindfulness into your day. So it doesn't feel too overwhelming and like another chore on your to-do list. Um, I think that is a really helpful way to go about it if you're quite busy, especially. Yeah, I love that. And guys, if you want more tips, head over to Rachel's podcast, The Mindful Kind. She's got an amazing book that I'm loving. So I'm learning about mindfulness in relationships at the moment and being assertive. Um, (laughs) So I learned a little about, I read, I was listening to a chapter this morning because I cheat. I do Audible. Um, so I can get through so many books and Rachel, I can hear Rachel's beautiful voice in the morning. So I was on my morning walk at the beach <laughs> and journaling was something I really enjoyed learning about because for me, journaling hasn't been something I'm really into. Like as much as I love writing for some reason, journaling just feels forced, but I'm like, I was really enjoying learning all the different strategies that you suggested on how you could journal and finding a way that works for you. So, so many good golden tips in there, babe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So I just a massive thank you, beautiful, for jumping on and sharing your love and light with our girls and guys. And there's a lot of you guys who are listening to the podcast as well. And um, just know that we really, really appreciate you. And thank you for doing you. And um, I can't wait for everyone else to read your book as well and hear their biggest takeaways. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. <laughs> we hope you've loved today's episode of the Babes Talking Business Podcast. We're loving bringing you these episodes. Our mission really is to share and add value to your week, whether you're a budding entrepreneur or you're a veteran and you've been owning your own business for quite some time. Don't forget, if you're loving our podcast, we would absolutely love and appreciate for you to rate us and drop in some love on the iTunes app by giving us some feedback. We want to do something really exciting and we want to do a shout out of the week every week on our Instagram for anyone who reviews us. So please make sure you leave us five sparkly stars and you give us your feedback, but don't forget to add your Instagram handle or website so that we can shout you out. You can follow us on Instagram at Babes Talking Business or you can check out our website at www.babestalkingbusiness.com. You can check out the Health Style Emporium online holistic health program, our beautiful sponsors over at www.thehsc.net. 
All of these links are available below in our podcast notes and on our website. Thanks for tuning in.